Welcome everyone to the C-Suite Marketing Perspectives podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today we're going to tackle something that all of us that run marketing in our organizations tackle, this sea of tactics that can just be a wave that just overwhelms us and sets its own priorities, right? But how do we get the right stuff done? How do we set ourselves up for success so that the resources that we have, how we're de dedicating our time are going to actually create the best ROI in the process? And we have on with us a special guest today, David Howard. David, you're the VP of Marketing at Buzzboard, and you are a sales platform for small to medium-sized businesses, and you just launched a, a generative AI or AI component, I should say, um, to the platform, which is really interesting. So maybe if you could uh, expand a little bit on your background, what you're doing right now, before we kind of jump into the, the meat of the subject here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Uh, well, just clarification, and um, this happens. Um, our generative AI product is for companies that sell the small business. Um, so our customers um, are not necessarily small business, but they care about selling to small and local business. Um, Got it. So just clarif clarification on that one. And it does get confusing. Maybe SMB, B to SMB. Uh, but in any event, yes, we were so happy, so excited. We just launched uh, this platform. It's a digital sales platform for sales reps to use. People who go out and uh, sell products, media and broadcast companies, marketing agencies, sell products to small business. Um, I've been in... Geez, I came up through the demand gen ranks uh, over the past 10 or 12 years um, across different industries, call center industry, uh, big data, um, you know, buzzboard. The, the core uh, core value we have is the, uh, the exhaustive database that we have on small business to feed the AI models, right? Because garbage in, garbage out. So um, kind of come through all that uh, demand gen, big data, data ranks. And now here we are. Um, coaching a, a generative AI product out to market in, in an admittedly very crowded space. Yes, yes. The sales space is a very crowded space. But and Gen AI, yeah. So <laughs> what is also crowded is that, you know, the amount of work that we have to get done, the work that we're given to get done, right? I mean, I've spent years as a fractional CMO and I got very tired with I'd, I'd come on board and it's like everything that you thought you needed to do over the last six months to a year that you couldn't get done, all of a sudden gets kind of shoved across the virtual table. And all of a sudden you're into tactics before we ever actually can think about what are our priorities? What is going to, you know, the, what's the 20% that's going to get the 80% return, right? And so you have kind of a way of thinking about that and setting priorities so that you can actually get the right stuff done. Tell us a little bit about your, your model and, that, and how you would just think. Yeah, so I do think about how to get stuff done. And, um, you know, at a prior company, we had some uh, software used by operations folks. And um, we talked about, you know, operations is a get stuff done job. Uh, so I talk about marketing operations uh, in a little bit different context. I don't mean marketing operations, those are the people who program Marketo and Pardot. I mean, uh, from a leadership role in marketing, how do you structure how the team operates and get stuff done? What are the, what are the practices? What are the tools? Um, what are the workflows, right? How do you system, systematize the tactical execution towards the strategy in the marketing team? And um, so, you know, a lot of that, right? And you'd be surprised, like a lot of people aren't good at backward planning. 
right? So a lot of it starts with just, you know, backward planning tools instead of, uh, you know, forward planning, which leaves you running from one activity to the next activity to the next activity. Oh, oops, you missed a deadline, right? So just basic backward planning uh, stuff. Like that's always start there. Uh, another uh, key tool that I put in uh, at a couple shops is, um, well, I call it an abstract, but it's, it's kind of a catch-all. Uh, and it's an internal planning document. So if you think, uh, you know, think about content, right? You think about written content, we have this new asset piece that's coming out. Um, you know, we don't just like start going to town and creating the asset. We do some planning and strategizing ahead of, ahead of time, right? And this is, um, this is the forward thinking part of it, right? So who is the audience for this asset? Um, who do we want to see it? What do we hope to get from it? What are the channels we're going to push it out on? So for every asset, we go through um, the app, you know, what I call an abstract. It's a pretty broad term. Um, it becomes a creative brief for the creative team, for the design team. It becomes a planning tool for the, uh, the you know, the campaign folks. Um, so what's the 25 word abstract for this asset on content marketing, right? Our content syndication. What's the seven and five word abstract? Uh, what's the landing page going to look like? What's the SEO keyword that you're going to use? Um, so our abstracts really take everybody through all of that. And we really populate as much as we can, uh, at the inception of the project. Right. So it gives a clear goal, a clear path, uh, to where we're headed, uh, and answers all these questions or what's the URL for the landing page, what needs to be on the landing page. We're going to send an email out to market the asset. Um, so we, we try to get all that done at some level up front, and we keep reviewing it, um, through the process and updating it. Um, so you, you get a couple of things, right? You get a, you know, a complete planning guide for, you know, for your tactical activities, uh, and you're working in parallel, right? You don't get to the end. Great. You know, we've got the PDF done. Now, what do we do? Well, oh, we put it on social media, right? You get all that stuff uh, done up front. So it's really at the forward thinking approach, um, an expectation that, uh, you know, for every piece of content, you know what, what you might do with it or probably will do with it. Uh, banner ads, right? Let's get, let's create the banner ads. It's the banner ads for every, you know, all the time. Just assume we're going to do all that. And then we just do the same. It's the rinse and repeat, the same cadence every time and everything gets done. Much more effective in my experience than um, you know, a forward planning, uh, not not looking ahead approach to getting stuff done. It makes sense, and you know, as you're doing this kind of rigor and the process around the planning and and not looking backward but planning ahead, there's also your plan, and then there's the rest of the C-suite. There's sales. There's customer success and customer marketing, and there's just there's all these places where requests come in from the from left, from right, from back. And there's always those questions. Of, well, what we really need is, right? So how do you align with that forward planning process with the other departments and, you know, sales alignment and to make sure that when you are going through that process and, and it's an extensive amount of work, right? We, we spent a lot of time doing this. That at the end, it's an asset that the other, you know, departments and organizations, you know, or departments within the company are ready to use and want sure. to use. Because there's, I'll throw you out a stat, literally over two thirds of content that marketing creates across the B2B industry, market or sales looks at and says, it doesn't have any value. Right. So. Is why'd you create the like I do anything with this? <laughs> so that 
accentuates the point, right? Like creating the right content, doing the right stuff is also the right stuff that, that everybody else is going to use, right? And wants to use. Um, so I'm just curious about how you kind of align on that. Sure. Well, I'm a believer in the notion of, um, you know, the marketing role is actually a lot of, a lot of analysis. It's a lot of uh, sausage making, if you will, that people outside don't see. Uh, and I mean, you've heard, you've seen it, right? You have all these people outside of marketing and it's like, how's we not buying this keyword on Google? And how come we don't have a billboard on Highway 101 outside of San Francisco? Um, which reflects what they think the marketing function is. And absolutely, we, you know, we, we do all that. Um, but there's a lot of uh, there's hardcore analysis that we do. And so to speak directly to your question, uh, a good exercise to do is create a matrix, right? And you can think about it as different ways you do a matrix. So um, go through all your assets and you plot them on a matrix. Do I have a good white paper to speak to the economic buyer for the product? Do I have a good white paper to speak to the technical buyer? Do I have a good white paper to speak to the C-suite at the, uh, at the prospect account, right? Uh, and then you go through and you check off all the boxes, right? You put the assets on one side, the audience, you check like, I've got this one, I've got that one, or you can, uh, uh, I need video, I need video, I need a podcast, I need a PDF, I need a PowerPoint presentation, uh, whatever it is. So you, you create a matrix and you start mapping your assets on there. It's like, well, I got this white paper and it's thought leadership and it's for the C-suite, check. But you know what I don't have? I don't have a white paper or some kind of presentation uh, that speaks to, you know, the technical buyer on this, right? That convinces them of the technical value. So then you've got a big hole in your matrix. When you start to fill it out, you know, it lights up where it just becomes crystal clear. So you've got a, whenever it is, a five by five, a 10 by 10 matrix, and you've got a bunch of check marks. And then where you have the holes, that's where you know you got to, you know, give some attention at the tactical level. And then you can start to prioritize, right? And then you can go back to the, you know, to your demand gen folks, you go to your sales people or go to the sales suite. It's like, hey, you know, we've got five empty boxes on this template we've got to fill out. We have to sequence it. We can't get it all done at once. So what feels like the biggest priority, right? So salespeople, you know, to your point, like salespeople that never use this stuff. Well, what are you missing? What, what's the pain point? What would you like to send to your folks that you don't have? Well, that's great because that cell, you know, two down, two across that's missing. We're going to get chip on that. That's how you prioritize. Yeah. So, a rather large matrix. If you look at your ICPs, right? And you just mentioned C-suite, technical buyers, like your yeah. supplier group, and then your vertical markets. And all of a sudden, this matrix of different questions and different discussion points evolves. And you look at it and you're like, okay, that can be overwhelming. Right. It's almost like a never ending need, you know, because a majority of who you're talking to in those ICPs, you're not necessarily talking to them in a buying process where they're all lower funnel. Right. If we could just right. have yeah. little conversations, right? So you're you're talking about that thought leadership component, right? You're talking about a never ending need to have that matrix constantly filled and refreshed. Right. Something yeah, absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. But you can't say I've got those check marks done, right? There, I, 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 yeah, I don't think uh, I've very many times seen the um, the whole matrix checked off, right? It's just about the time you get it done, <laughs> you have another roll, another row to it, yeah, or another column, yeah. But I mean, it, it's a planning tool, it's an analysis tool. Or how do you how do you prioritize? How do you know what stuff needs to get done? You know, and they're simple, right? You know, simple matrix, um, simple table. And, you know, you can do it for each product that you have. You can do it, you know, 
do it for direct sales, you do it for channel partners. Um, and it's, it helps immensely. It just becomes the, the answer just appears in front of you. Right. Right. You identify gaps. You didn't even, you know, think yeah, it's you, a gap analysis. Yeah. It's a gap analysis. It's the gap analysis. So right. talk to me a little bit about, you talk about the concept of guardrails, right? To make sure that you're doing the right things at the right time. Is there anything beyond what we've already talked about when you had that kind of that concept of we got to have the guardrails in place? Sure. Um, well, I can, I can speak to it, I guess, a number of different ways. And I'm sure, yeah, most of your folks watching this, um, and they're very much aware of how increasingly data-driven, you know, leadership and uh, marketing has become, right? Um, you know, so what we really need to be doing is taking those top-level corporate goals for, you know, revenue gets translated to bookings, it's translated to opportunities, to all the MQLs, SQLs, and everything. Really need to be, like, stepping all of that down, right? Um, and then you have some guardrails in the sense of, of what are your numbers that you've got to hit, right? Um, so, you know, that's one way to think about it. And uh, another way I think, you know, that out of the translate guardrails into action for lower level staff is like, these are the numbers we've got to hit, right? You know, at, at some level, I don't care how you do it, but these are the numbers you got to hit. So go out and do it. Um, so, so what that really means is, um, you know, we have to have so many MQLs or, or SQLs or whatever coming from email marketing. Those are the numbers, right? These are the parameters that you have. You know, these are the templates for your email or this is the messaging. We've done all of our uh, positioning homework, right? This is another sausage making exercise that uh, marketing folks do that people outside, you know, this is a part of the deal. But it is, right? Your messaging, your messaging statement, your value proposition. Those are guardrails. It's right. like, you know, get an email out that drives on that messaging. Get an asset that, you know, has some thought leadership, speaks to an audience, but the guardrail is you got to have that messaging. So it really comes down, I think, about how you slice it to how much, um, how much of your homework have you done and analysis have you done to set yourself up for success at the go-to-market, right? Because right. once you're at go-to-market, that's tactical execution. And without the tools, without the guardrails, without the parameters, um, you know, nobody knows what to do. Uh, and be, there's a leadership and, you know, I'm, I'm like a coach mentor uh, leadership style where I'm trying to grow people. So, you know, that's the other thing is, look, I've given you all the parameters, I've given you the top level corporate goals that we're after. I've given you like the next level down, you know, kind of operational metrics we can hit. Giving you positioning, giving you messaging, you know, or defined the ICP. Um, I don't want to micromanage, you know, lean over your shoulder while you're clicking the mouse. I don't want to micromanage you, but I want you to come back with a deliverable, you know, whatever it is, a NASA a draft, an abstract. I want you to come back with a deliverable that meets the needs of the company within all of those parameters I just laid out for you. So, you know, guardrails, it's also a leadership tool, right? Um, and, you know, we're white collar professionals here, right? We, we don't want to be micromanaged. We're educated people. We feel best when we're entrusted to deliver something and we deliver and we do good work or recognize that. Um, but I think that's, that's really super important when coaching and mentoring people. Giving the room to do their job. Right. We all do a better job if we feel we're respected, we're given responsibility, right? And what we do matters, right? And um, so I, I love everything you just said there. You've, you've brought up a couple of times the, the notion of thought leadership and, you know, what you're talking about and the processes and the guardrails to get into place and the marketing operations, it really manifests itself in the, in the content that we create. It goes into the demand gen campaigns, right? That fuels the brand and our perception is trusted advisors and all the way down through the bottom of the buyer's journey. 
I'm going to ask you a question. I was going to kind of pin you against the wall for an answer, right? And why? But if you step back and say, hey, how important on a scale of one to 10 is content in the overall growth and success of the company? One, it's not important at all. 10, it's vital to the growth and success of the company. How would you rate it and why? Yeah, that's easy, right? I mean, the answer is 11 on a scale of one to 10, right? So, but, but, you, <laughs> you broke know, the scale. Joke, right? Okay. I broke the scale. Uh, spinal tap, right? My amp goes up to 11, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But let me put some context on that. Um, you know, I, most of us watching engaged in this, right? We're, we're going to be, you know, tech companies that are introducing new stuff. Um, so content is how you convey the new stuff, the new message, right? We're always flipping product categories right we're always you know dividing some sales platform into you know some other specialized sales platform and now the category is two and now it's three we're always splitting product categories we're always introducing new things we're always introducing you know this is the new way this is the old way um i mean that's you need thought leadership and you need content i mean content is the vehicle for delivering the message and if you want to convince somebody to leave an old practice behind and adopt a new practice uh, you need thought leadership right big picture philosophy stuff right get the top of the company or the customer, you know, top of the uh, org chart on board was it, right? What's it going to do? Or, you know, where are the cost savings? Where are the benefits, right? And just think about what everybody's seeing with generative AI right now, you know, how much thought leadership stuff is there out there, right? Survey after survey, Harvard, or somebody comes up and says, everybody, blah, 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 40% improvement, right? That's all like, you got to get on board. You got to get on board this, right? Um, so content is the vehicle for thought leadership. Content is the vehicle for like next level down from thought leadership. Like, how do you do it? Um, you know, so for us with this new product launch, we think hyper-personalized generative AI is going to mean the end of templates or templated emails that salespeople send out. So thought leadership, we put together a no templates manifesto, right? It's like, this is why templates are bad and this is how they're going to go away. Um, templates are spam factories and templates don't work anymore. And, you know, we got feedback from LinkedIn on people who said, I hate templates. So that's the thought leadership piece. And that's a content piece as a PDF. It's also just on our website. Uh, but then the next piece of content is not so much thought leadership. It's like, if you, if you bought into our thought leadership piece, now you want to come to this how-to guide because we'll take that thought leadership, that high level, you know, philosophy, we'll translate that into actual things you can do. Right. That's another piece of content. And then of course, content manifests, it can be a podcast, it can be a video, it can be a, you know, a webinar, it can be, a, you know, an email, email is content, your website of content. So all the different forms of content that are out there. Um, but I'm always, I'm always strong on the notion not everybody uh, integrates a message from the same content. Some people like to watch a webinar. Some people want to hear it on a podcast while they're at the gym. Some people want to read a white paper. Um, so you got to have whatever your message is, you have to, uh, to the best of your ability, right? And your resources, to the best of your ability and resources, get the message in many different forms. Uh, because as good as all the platforms are, um, I still can't tell you <laughs> from my part or my sales force, how Steve likes to consume content. Right. 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 So you got to offer it up in different forms. Uh, and your message has to be consistent across all those forms, but you got to offer it up in different forms for people. So tell me a little bit about how you judge your content. And, you know, before we press the record button on past conversations, we've talked about marketing attribution, right? And 
there's there's a lot that's discussed these days about the data driven CMO and you know tell me a little bit about so much time and effort put into all the content that you're talking about all the resources to bring the demand gen campaigns fuel the pipeline how do you measure how do you judge the effectiveness of your programs sure uh, yeah that you know like it's an attribution and all kind of the nuts and bolts of attribution um i think the you, you know, the very baseline is um, content delivery. Are you measuring consumption of the asset itself, right? And, you know, we can take this into like Salesforce campaigns. If that's, you're on Salesforce, use campaigns to do it. So you have one campaign, which is consumption of the asset. How many people download it? Um, and then a same asset, but a different axis. Where are they downloading it from? You know, I do content syndication and, you know, I had 10 downloads in two days. But I put it up on LinkedIn you know, paid advertising on LinkedIn, and I had 20 downloads in two days. Well, the LinkedIn channel is twice as good. Um, so, you know, at least measuring on two different axes, right? Who's consumption, volume, and, and channels. Um, and then, you know, uh, I'm not afraid to survey folks. How do you like your content, right? What's, what's working for you? Done it before. And I mean, surveys, you know, surveys can be transactional like that. Like, um, tell us what kind of content you'd like to see, right? Help shape it, what's missing for you. Um, and they kind of, as an aside, right? And many of your audience, you know, already know this, but I mean, surveys are just a great way to generate content, right? Find a question that's circulating in your audience and ask them about it, right? Uh, it's unique, it's proprietary, or once you're in the survey and you turn it around into a, an asset and put it back out to them. Yeah, it's something that nobody else has, right? It's proprietary information that you've created. And people love stats. People love research because it's bringing them a new point of view on something that they think they know well or they need to learn about. But there is, it's like a shining beacon of something new to learn here, right? Mm -hmm. So I love, I love that. Uh, what is, uh, in your mind, what are the most important things like when, if you were designed at the end of the year, hey, how do I want to be judged? How do I do my job, right? How did I do it well? What would be the things that you would say to your next C-suite, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, or this C-suite today, if you had input in that, right? How would you, in the, in the ecosystem of what we've been talking about here, how would you want to be judged the most? Well, contribution to bookings, right? Really, you know, at, at a leadership role within marketing, again, let's go back to the, to the beginning, right? The board management sets top level objectives for the company, right? In terms of revenue has to be translated to bookings. Bookings are typically translated to opportunities, right? So the marketing leadership, I mean, it, it all starts there, right? What are the top level goals for the company? What do I contribute and how do I measure that? So it's like pipeline. Right. And then you can measure number of opportunities, dollar value, and you can, you can weight it and apply probability and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's top level. The whole marketing team needs to be focused and contributing to that. Um, now when you get down, when you get down to individual contributors, somebody's running pay-per-click campaigns or somebody's doing email marketing, they are tracking and monitoring. I call it intermediate metrics, right? How many clicks did you get to the email? How many opens? How many, you know, clicks did you get on the, on the ad, how many form fills and all sort of stuff. Um, those are again, intermediate metrics. We got to track them for sure. We got to pay attention to them. Um, but that's also, you know, 
kind of in the sausage making realm of like, you don't really need to share too much of that stuff outside of, um, outside of the marketing department. Right. And people, as long as you like your top level, uh, numbers are good, as long as you're getting top level numbers, people don't really want to drill down and see, well, how many emails are you, you know, how many opens are you getting in your emails as long as you deliver those top level numbers. And then of course you have to, you know, do that against your budget. Right. So it's not just like I spent a kajillion dollars and I hit my number. It's like I, I hit the number of delivering opportunities in pipeline and I did it within budget. Right. So, you know, those things go together. And, uh, you know, I had a great conversation with a CEO. Um, one time I you know, joined the company, we were, um, you know, still, still a young startup. And, uh, you know, I said, well, I'm going to start putting all the reporting and tracking everything together, track the demand gen funnel. And, you know, we're spending money and, you know, I got an answer for that. And I mean, he was, it was like dropped it simple, right? He's like, look, David, if you come to me and you ask me for X dollars for Google ads and Y dollars for content syndication, if that's the language you're using, when you talk to me and ask for money, that's the language you use in your report. Like it doesn't get simpler than that. Like just out of all your reporting, whatever you tell me you want to spend money on, then you better, when you come back later, you better report against those. Right. And it's, you know, it's simple, right? So. Like, it's kind of got a long way around, but you know, right. What's the contribution to top level company metrics throughout pipeline? Right. And how are you taking care of the money? Right. We got a lot of money to spend in marketing typically, and you know, often have a free hand in it. You got to answer for it all through the, it's all through the organization. Yeah. The, the last thing, because marketing does, is a big cost center, right. To the organization, but you don't want to be viewed as a cost center. You want to be viewed as a revenue generator. Right. Yeah. You put a dollar in, you get $3 out or $4 out. Right. That's the goal. Yeah. That's the, the worst thing that the reason why B2B CMOs have, you know, some of the shortest tenure in the C-suite is if you're not good at doing the right stuff, being able to report on it, the attribution, right. Show that you're proving an ROI. Then when things aren't going well, the finger starts pointing. And they tend to point in the direction of the biggest cost center in the organization because when things aren't going well, right, you're trying to save money. So it, you're not going to get rid of your sales team. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's going to do that. So what in your mind is the biggest risk factor? So like, how do I want to be judged? What am I supposed to be doing? How do I get the right stuff done? What's the biggest risk factor for you? In your job and just in, in performing optimally. Sure. I mean, I think it's tactical execution, right? Um, we, we make, uh, formed, um, formed decisions. I don't want to say bets, but sometimes, sometimes it feels like a bet, right? We make an informed bet. Like we're going to run this Facebook campaign or we're going to run this LinkedIn campaign. We have to form decisions about what's going to work. And, um, you know, sometimes not, things don't work out as planned, right? Like this campaign doesn't necessarily run as well as last campaign. Um, so I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing is, um, on tactical execution, can you actually, um, get results with every new, uh, new activity, um, every new tactic, every new channel, um, can, can you deliver the results that you promised? Right. And, you know, the way I like to think about it is if I'm, uh, launching a new channel or launching a program, I think like. Within whatever, within 60 days, within 90 days, how much pipeline should I have um, out of this campaign, right? Should I have 40 times my budget pipeline? Should I have 50 times my budget? It, it depends on your product, your budget and everything. Uh, but I like to think that way, 
right? Um, and it's not just, I'm going to run this campaign and get pipeline at 40 times budget. It's like, by what time am I going to measure? Right. Oh. Yeah, I got 50 times budget on day two. No, after 30 days or 60 days. So you have to factor in all those parameters. Um, and that's your, that's your scorecard, right? You, you, you know, you do that up front. This is the goal. This is the objective, right? That's my budget. This is what I hope to get from it. And then when you get to the measurement points, you measure and report back and that's your scorecard. So we've, we've talked about a lot <laughs> and what I'd like to do here is ask for your opinion on if there was one thing to take away from today's conversation, what would that be? How would you boil it down to the most important takeaway? You always have time to get organized. You always have time to get organized. I've been in shops where people didn't have process in place, workflows, right? Everybody's just running around like with their head cut off. And I've said, hey, well, we slow down a little bit, right? We, you know, if we take a little bit of time to get our workflows organized, you know, we'd be less stressed, we'd be more effective, um, and we get more stuff done. Right. And the response was, we don't have time for that. <laughs> well, you don't have time for it because you don't do it. So right. yeah, that's the one takeaway. There's all, you could always make time to get your get stuff done processes improved or in place. It happens a lot, right? And I'm sure you've seen it. it happens a lot with small companies, with startups, right? Everybody's just running, 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 running. Always oh, got time. Put some stuff in place to, to do things just a little bit better. You know, whatever workflow or process makes sense for your shop, there's always time to do it. And then once you do it, you find you have more time to get the right stuff done. Yeah, I had a, I had a boss at one point. He said, just slow down and get more done. Yeah, that's it. Slow down for a second. Think about what you're doing, right? Yeah. And I was like, slow down and get more done. Not very intuitive, right? <laughs> it's what you're saying, right? There's always yeah, to slow down, take a look and say, okay, instead of just, oh, I'm getting this thing, I got to get that, I got to do this. You are, you are letting the tactics, the sea of tactics run you instead of you running what's important and getting the right stuff done. Uh, brilliant takeaway. Uh, David, there, there's so much more we could talk about. But I mean, if people had questions for you or follow-ups, if I put a link to your profile on LinkedIn, would that be a good place? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great.